The CEO of Forge Global joins us now, Kelly Rodriguez. Thank you so much for being with us. Tell us a little bit about your company and where you know you stand when you're looking at this and speaking about this topic. Well, look, we um, <clears throat> have been innovating for the last several years the way private companies uh, raise money and provide liquidity to their shareholders and employees. And we think that what's happened in the last handful of years really requires an infrastructure player to come into the market and make the market more transparent, more accessible, and more efficient. But there's a lot going on out there in the world, and we think the traditional IPO, is, as great of a year as we've had in the last couple of years, we think the traditional IPO, as it's known, is now dead. Well, that's part of your business, too, in, in helping these companies to have a further understanding. You yourself, I want to talk about your own SPAC merger that's occurring, right? And this should be completed either at the end of this year or early next year. Um, what's your vision for your company? Well, look, we had a lot of options, and that's part of the theme that's going on in the market right now. A company can go public via direct listing. They can do a SPAC. You've seen with Rivian, directed shares. Um, it was a great option for us because we felt like the public market investor could invest in a company like Forge as a proxy for the private markets. Uh, we really loved the people in Motive Capital Core. They were a bunch of industry experts led by Blythe Masters, and we got to know them. And we felt like the flexibility of being able to understand the price and the valuation of the company before we went out um, and having that built into the deal along with uh, a little bit of shareholder liquidity was the right format for us. Is that um, so different from an IPO? I mean, when you have an IPO and you have a road show, they basically are trying to gauge what the value is of that company. I mean, that's how they come out with the IPO price, with the listing price, and they have to give their outlook, right? Um, but you think that the IPO is really uh, going in the way of the background, right? Because you have the technology and ecosystem for more of the private market's future. Yeah, I think if you're trying to raise money or provide liquidity, we're now seeing a world where you can do that for years and years in the private market. But just to give you an example, well, a lot of people think Snowflake's IPO is really uh, a great example of a successful IPO. But if you think about it, it was priced such that the company put balance sheet capital on at, a, at an allocation price, but the market priced the company at twice that value. None of that right. incremental value went to the company. So th that's why direct listings have become such a popular topic of discussion. And I think SPACs are bringing companies to market that may not have the valuations of what you've seen in IPOs. The average IPO valuation in the last couple of years is about $5 billion. Um, and I think public market investors want to see companies in the $1 to $3 billion range come public as well. And that's one of the reasons why we think SPACs have gained popularity. Yeah, I think you're right about that, because we always say whether or not a stock is priced to perfection, right? Um, and in that case, shareholders and the company itself really lost out because there was way more demand. I mean, sometimes you could say it's the market environment that may drive a stock one way or the other. But there was certainly a lot of um, excitement around a name like Snowflake. And then you mentioned Rivian, which I thought was interesting. Tell me what your thoughts were. This was where if someone ordered, they had the 7% roughly for um, the direct share option here. So for example, if you pre-ordered a Rivian truck, right? 
you gave $1,000 for that, and one gentleman who got 175 shares at 78 bucks it turned out to be $17,000. Um, what did you think of that model overall? Well, see, that's part of what I'm talking about. When you're looking at a company yeah. going public and allocating to their customers or their partners, um, you, you haven't seen that in a, in a traditional IPO. The allocations to shares were typically a syndicate that was led by an investment banker and, and, uh, and everybody else had to wait until, until after it priced and started to trade. And so I, I really like it. I think it gives uh, a company the ability to change the dynamic of who participates in the wealth creation of an IPO. And I think a lot of CEOs, if you ask them, yeah. will tell you, hey, I'd love to reward the people that got me here, including my customers. So directing uh, allocations to customers, I think you're going to see more of that. You're going to see more yeah. bespoke liquidity models also where employer employees can, can trade. I, if you saw the Expensify deal, uh, where the employees get to sell 15% on day one. So I think that's part of why directs, again, are, are popular and SPACs that have a negotiated liquidity provision. And sometimes fluctuations can happen in a stock when it's the IPO lockup expiration, right? Um, you know, as people on Wall Street, we always say, oh, you mark it on your calendar, you know, in six months, that IPO lockup, those people have the opportunity to sell and and that can really uh, move a stock around, too. So what's my takeaway here, um, in addition to your own exciting SPAC merger that's going to be completed and moving forward? What's my takeaway here for folks as they're watching? So are you saying there's no future for IPOs, really? Or um, wh what should someone say? For the IPO, this, and for the SPAC or the direct listing is the better way? I think there's just a lot more flexibility. The IPO or, or hmm. companies going public is, is, are going to continue to happen. They're just going to do it through a bunch of different formats. But I'd also say if you're a public market investor, you're going to start looking at increasingly getting into these companies just before they're public. We saw this with, with, uh, with Spotify back in 2018, did the, did the first one with Slack. We saw it with Palantir. So you're going to see a move uh, into pre-IPO investing by public uh, right. investors. And I think you're going to see more of that. There's 900 companies in the world that are now worth over a billion dollars. There's $3 trillion of valuation now locked up. That's exploded yeah. in the last two years. I, I have to go, but I just thought of one other thing, and that is that sometimes people buy into SPACs, right? They say, oh, what a great company, and then they get hit hard. I mean, I have to put the risk out yeah. there, too. There's risk. You're not, sure. you know... The people who bring it are making money, but that doesn't mean that there's no risk. Final thought, quickly. Well, we like to say we like to say that there's a rush to quality in these SPACs, and if you don't bring a high-quality company via SPAC, then then you might want to think about staying home. <laughs> Kelly Rodriguez of Forge Capital, thank you. Global Forge Global, it's great to see you. Thank you so much. Great to chat with you. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Thank you.